Galileo. 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 Figaro. Ah-hi-ho. Squeeze harder, Marine. Squeeze harder. You can get there. You can get there. <laughs> ah, why did we start with that again? I forgot. This is the third oh. attempt we've started this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. today. Uh, I know um, why. It has a reference to what we do at the end of the podcast. Yes. So what do we do at the end of the podcast? Um, we do our Irish goodbyes. Irish goodbye. Yes, that's true. Yes. Um, we, we, we drink a whiskey. Oh, yes, yes, yes. How could I forget? That's the whole reason why we're doing this podcast <laughs> no, it's anyway. Not. No, it's not. Yes. It's those golden nuggets. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Golden yes. nuggets. The golden yes. nuggets. Not the whiskey rocks in my glass, but the golden nuggets. Yes. That's correct. Do you mm. realize that actually this is the first time ever we've recorded a podcast without having mixed down and released the previous one? Yeah. Because I was busy this weekend. Friday, well, actually, Saturday, I was at Colab in Belgium. Yes. Which meant that my normal slot on a Saturday morning for mixing down podcasts never mm-hmm. happened. Okay. Waking up everyone in the house at some ungodly hour. Singing Galileo. <laughs> All right. Yes, but we were at Collab Days, Belgium. We were. And we had a fantastic good time. Well, I had a fantastic good morning because I had to leave very uh, early, just after my session, to bring my daughter to ballet. I actually think that Somebody should have reported you for child abuse. <laughs> you sat there and you... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? And No, it's not a rude word I was looking for. Uh, you shouted out at your daughter and she had no choice but to respond. Yes, and she did very poorly. So no, she, no, no, she didn't support no, no. you. Exactly. No, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. And I, we, we talked when we were in the car... Uh, driving back and I said like it was amazing that she was there and that I got to include her in the in the session so I said to her also like now you finally know what your daddy does traveling all around the world working very hard high-fiving people eating candy drinking coffee (laughs) talking to people standing on the stage for what to her seems uh, like 50 minutes she was like oh dad that was a that was a fun 50 minutes that you did on the on stage i said that, that, that was an hour oh, it just felt like 50 minutes that's so, good okay, news. cool so now she was like okay so that's what you do in all those weekends traveling around and just eating candy drinking coffee <laughs> and uh, just having fun i want to i kind of want to do what you do <laughs> nice so, yeah. so where are you taking her to next Hmm, it's a good question. Yeah, well. Not sure. Yeah, well, more part of the fun. No, it was cool to see her there. I mean, obviously, we've known her since she was a little... Yeah, hi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to think the first time we met her. It was Folkestone, probably, when you brought her to Folkestone. I when we went to the think so, to party. your big birthday party. It wasn't yeah. really a big birthday party. It was just Ooh. an excuse for a party. It was an amazing party. Yeah, yes. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, so she was there when you were doing your uh, competition. Jason versus... Power um, apps. Power apps, yes. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it was close at Bletchley, but you got whitewashed this time. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think the final result was 16 to 26 or something. Yeah, So yeah. it was like a very definite result, but Do you think fine. you're ever going to win? No, and that's fine because we kind of dress up the session as it's a battle between Jason and power apps, but in the end, it's just you've got... 
business cases for both of these things. Yeah, I agree. But I think also the power, of course, everybody knows that it's a very powerful tool. True. And, and I was and saying, I think afterwards, it depends on your audience. If you end up having a bunch of developers in, you're mm-hmm. going to lose whatever happens. Because yeah, they, and they think Jason's just baby code stuff. Yeah, exactly. But also, I had one person leaving me feedback saying, we're not using JSON enough in our organization, so we are going to take a look at it and, nice. and try to do something with it. Yeah. Nice. No, it was a great session. I sat at the back of the room playing with my slides. I, was, I hadn't presented at that time. But it was great fun. I mean, it mm-hmm. really was good fun You watching you guys on stage. Great fun. Yep. I enjoyed it immensely. And, uh, and I, I, I have to say, my friend, I thought, what a really cool presenter you are in that kind of scenario. Sometimes I think when you're sitting behind a podium and you're doing some demos and stuff, mm-hmm. it's not really your forte. But no. where you were sitting there and being able to explain the slides and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I love to do that session because it's a good combination of a little bit of demo, but a lot of talking about value. And losing. And losing to Anouk, yeah. yes. Yeah, I know, I get that, I get that. Yeah. And what was your overall score for the session? Um, I don't know, four point something, something on five. Yeah, I got 4.9 on mine. Yes, I was I so that. just chuffed. I've only just seen it, as you saw. Mm. That was so good. I did a, a 70% project surf, uh, fake news and talking about how to succeed and how much more difficult it's going to be to do good adoption and project management as we move from you know, the uh, uh, apps, office apps for enterprise or whatever they are, all the way through to... You know, uh, Viva apps, the fact that they're personal. But I'm also saying that it's going to get even more difficult to actually start showing success with Copilot and measuring success with Copilot. Oh, yes. Yes, not a subject Good. we've dealt with yet, but no. it was. It was something I covered in the session, and everybody's going, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. I never had the, I had the exact same thing. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Okay, measuring, oh, measuring the impact of Copilot. Yeah, so yeah. I think we need a new adoption model for this AI stuff. Ooh, is it mm. going to be like a drop, drop car? Drop, could be. No, but that's governance, isn't it? Yeah. But, but if we go ad car, if you just think about it, so you do awareness for AI, what are you going to say? Everybody knows about AI by no, now. But, but if it's an awareness, you've got to say where the value is for you. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's not value there. But it's going to be different for everybody because they're going to use it for different things. Some people are going to use it in meetings. Some people are going to use it to generate, summarize. Mm -hmm. So actually doing an awareness campaign and setting the desire is easy. But I think actually it's going to be an interesting process. It's going to be an interesting process. Yes. The story is. Yes. It's another step up from personalization of Viva. Um, It's different. Mm. Yeah. I so agree. I think that uh, Zoe and Kevin, I will look forward to the episode that talks about adoption. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, that will come at some point in time. But actually defining uh, the awareness of it and trying to explain it to people and also take away their concerns about the magic that it's performing and all that kind of stuff. So all you'll right. notice that my puppy, uh, who is still only four and a half months old, has <laughs> now turned into a baritone bark. Yep, and uh, has discovered his voice. So those that can hear, it's nice to have Wendy kind of back barking in the background of the, yeah. uh, the process. But this one, it's if you're not giving me enough attention. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love him. He's a, like a big furry furball that is just 
always so incredibly happy to see me. He is, yes. Um, yes, no. I pay him for that. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. We got a bit distracted there for a minute. Yes. So let's let's take a look at what we want to try and cover today. Do we want to talk about where we're going to be next? We're both going to be in Lisbon. Uh, Lisbon. And, and then EPC, ESPC. ESPC. Uh, if you're going to ESPC, come and see us. We will be on the Core View stand in the exhibition space yeah. for three days uh, while the event is running. We're really looking forward to anybody that uh, wants to join us. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing live podcasts from uh, that stand, and so you get your chance to uh, to come and listen to us and watch us do our thing. Uh, and of course, uh, if you have something interesting to say, we'll even uh, point a microphone at you and you can say something like, hi. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. So, so that should be neat. Uh, and uh, Kev, if you're walking around the supermarkets with your headphones on and uh, giggling away at this podcast, we will try and be more serious today no so you don't talk. get embarrassed. No pussy talk. No. Uh, so there you go. Um, and finally, even though I know we're eager to talk about agile waterfall and other methods of uh, of uh, rolling out and adopting applications. Project management. Project management, yes. good call. Um, uh, South Coast Summit was a blast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That was, um, yes, literally a blast. It yes. was. So big, big call out to the guys there. The uh, The dinner was great fun. Uh, the awards was great to see. Um, yeah, a real convention hall. Yeah, with uh, with the demos, uh, brand new venue, uh, incredibly interesting. Uh, and we saw this airship thing on the way back on the way yes, out. Yes, we did. Yeah. So where they used to launch airships and store them from, the framework is all still up there uh, around the back of the airfield, which was quite amazing, actually. Very interesting. Very simplified, but you're thinking, man, these airships were big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty big cool. balloons. So that was cool. So, yes, it's been an exciting <laughs> uh, month so far. So, this is the episode we're not talking about uh, pussy, we're talking about big balloons. Yes. We're talking about big okay. balloons. All right. <laughs> yes, I guess we are. All righty. So, this came um, out today as we were talking around um, rolling out applications and getting value and identifying value um, and trying to measure and balance that value um, a kind of around uh, the old story we've talked about before, that applications get updated and they progress and they move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were also trying to put that into the spot of how best to roll this out um, and how best to PM this stuff. Uh, and so we started looking at different techniques for uh, managing the project, yep. uh, projects, uh, and then we started thinking about value and risk and everything else. So we're kind of going to hit and miss around this. But we're also going to talk about, you know, new outlook and new teams. And I said to my guys today, I said, you know, I've never seen Microsoft do such a cool, great job with a new revised application. I mean, Outlook and Teams, both new products, they're just magic. They're faster. They're uh, they're more intuitive. Yeah, um, they've managed to get more con- control and command inside the windows with different kinds of icons. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, the whole thing is cool. There's the downside, as far as I can see, which is the most annoying thing, is when you're in dark mode, um, yeah. and then you can see the text, 
and then you go into light mode and the text disappears because it is actually white. And then ah, you can't see it when you move back yes. and you go, just a minute, there's something wrong here. Yeah. So there, there's still a few little books to do, yeah. and, uh, but, but it's cool. All right, so that's where we go. So we talked about Agile and Waterfall. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start? Um, well, actually, do we want to talk about the third way of uh, managing projects that we have noticed well, the let's, last let's start with the first one, years. and let's go through the three, three yeah. or four different measures, methods of, of doing projects. Everybody knows that I like Agile. Um, uh, I kind of trained in Agile. Uh, I like the Agile way of working. Um, I think it's it has a lot of benefits, and maybe we'll see where it comes out a bit today. So, um, Agile is all about start early and then iterate and adjust exactly. to where you want to go. Yeah, and we use iteration a lot. We use it in our adoption programs and our workshops on adoption. We use it on our workshops on governance. Um, and uh, it, it really is about saying, look, I have this piece of work to do, and I, I know it's going to take me six weeks to do it, uh, and I'm going to break it down into two-week chunks so that I, I break it down into things that I can finish yep. and potentially things I can roll out. Yep. And actually release to the end users or an update that I can implement or a change that I can implement. Yeah. Um, which is really cool because it basically means that you can do a change for people every two weeks. Yes. If that's the way it works. Or yep. you can roll out a, a new application to a number of users and those people can start getting benefit from it straight away. So that's the agile way of working. So we tend to use something called epics mm-hmm. to be the bigger overlining area and then we work out how much something will take to do. We can do uh, how much of it we can do in a uh, a sprint, a two week sprint usually, mm-hmm. um, and then we work out our projects that way. Um, All right, and that works. And I know this is kind of new to you at the moment in terms of, sort of doing. It. I know it's you know not. the concepts, but yeah, yeah, we're sort of using it compared to well, okay, I was yeah. using it with but some I, of the tools that we yeah. were using was mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's agile working. Yep. Okay. The other way of working is the good old classic waterfall method yep which kind of makes sense if you think about doing big projects you want to do an analysis first then you write up your functional analysis you need to do a technical analysis you need to do all your build work and then you need to test it and then you're ready to release it to your audience yeah, and the thing about waterfall is that you see the whole big picture before you start. Yes. So with an agile way, you kind of do a bit, check that it's okay, and if it's okay, get on to the next bit, but you get a chance to make some changes or modify mm-hmm. it. The waterfall thing is about having a good, solid, long-term deliverable yep. um, with dependencies. So I need to do this before I do that, and I need to do that before I do those, and I need to do those before I do everything else. You okay? Yeah, 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 just getting the protein out of my water. Ah, yes. You're on a protein diet, though, so surely that that, yes. that mosquito wouldn't be a problem for no, you. No, it's true. That's All right, so that's the waterfall method. Yeah. And then uh, today over lunch, we sat laughing and joking uh, about um, how MS Teams... Well, actually, this came more so from... Um, Peter's presentation on Loop from Colab Summit. And I know you didn't... Sorry, uh, Colab Days Belgium. And I didn't see it. And of course, I can't remember Peter's last name. Uh, Obdebeek. Thank you very yes. much. Uh, and he was talking about the fact that, you know, 
uh, in the days uh, over the last few years, we've had different ways of rolling things out, mm-hmm. which has been very akin to kind of throwing it over the wall and telling the users that it's there. Yeah. And it has this very technical name. It's called the COVID method. Exactly. <laughs> and it, and it, yeah. uh, uh, it came as a conversation today where we was, we, I was repeating a story that um, a friend of mine uh, basically at a job but said, I never trust IT anymore when they tell me that it takes six or eight weeks to roll out a new application when we rolled out MS Teams uh, in, you know, to 200,000 people, exaggeration, 2,000 people maybe, but we did it in a day. Mm-hmm. And everybody started using it. Yeah, and it was a big success. Yeah. It was a big success yes. uh, because people had to leave and work from home and boom, they had to have teams and yeah. boom, they'd start using it. Otherwise, yeah. they couldn't work. So the COVID method came in and we joked and laughed about agile waterfall and COVID. Yeah. And so we thought we'd talk about it because it was, A, it's quite interesting, but we also thought we'd try and look at the values of each one Okay, because we do tend to think that it will take time to change people to get them to working, but COVID didn't have any of that. Um, no, because in COVID, we all had to change and we needed to get a certain technical thing set up so that we could do the new thing that we needed to do. The new thing we needed to do. Yeah. Like- work from I'm home. trying no I'm trying to make it very generic um, in this case it was teams um, oh, yes, because we we suddenly all had to work from home and we had to find a way to talk to each other but the bottom line is that everybody had to do it because they suddenly had to work from home yeah so they had no choice we, if they wanted to keep their job and work yeah but we still had phones we still had email but suddenly everyone said, oh, that's not good enough anymore. We need teams to do communication and to get everyone in the loop. And I, I get that. I mean, I'm, I'm a big supporter. I mean, the year of COVID was the year of my biggest revenue ever uh, because all my customers suddenly turned to me and said, Madan, we need to roll this out to everyone within two days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was a lots, there were lots of work, lots of fun, uh, lots of just... Do it. Kick, yeah, just kicking it and just see where it lands. Yeah. yeah. So Agile, Waterfall and COVID. So that's what that's what we're basically going to be looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to basically look at the risks. We're going to look at how we define the governance for each one. Yeah. Kind of the training that gets allocated mm-hmm. uh, and the value that potentially the method brings to generally rolling applications out, whether it's Microsoft or whatever. And then we're going to kind of take, take a little break uh, and move into those kind of applications and look at the ins and outs of uh, those methods of managing those projects um, for each of the different applications. Yep. And we've thought about the first bit and the second bit we thought we'd just, that's not a bad idea, let's just talk about that. Yeah. We have no idea where we're going to go with that yet. But that's fine. We, we <laughs> never do. So that's fine. All right. If we start by talking about delivering value, um. Delivering value is all we do, all we want to do. Yeah. So if we take a look at our three methods of project management, um, if we talk about... Why, why actu- don't we define value for a minute? Oh, okay. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> the, benefit, the benefit something brings to a set of users. Uh, based upon the costs of doing it. 
So it's about getting the value for every euro or two euro invested, whether it's time, whether it's money. Uh, so you always want high value. So delivering functionality with as minimal cost as possible. I don't know about that. Yes, I. Well, no, I I do know about that. I mean, it's absolutely right. Delivering no, value is get defined um, is delivering something that people want. I get that. Yes, but I mean the 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 cost, the price of it. I don't think that's an aspect of value, because I can buy a ten million euro Picasso painting but it will have that value. Hmm. Yeah, you no, bought you know, your real, new car. The problem here is that Google agrees with you, so I'm a bit yeah. upset with that. Okay. Hmm. But let's say that we want to have the best value. And if we talk about best value, that means I get it very cheap and it delivers me a lots lot of, and lots of things. happiness. Yeah. Yes. Lots of happiness. I like lots that. of happiness. XLAs. Anyway, just, just as a quickie so everybody knows, I mean, first dictionary that came up in Google said, the regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. Okay. Yes. So I think that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other one here is a verb is consider to be important or beneficial or I have a high opinion of. Mm -hmm. I value that. Yeah. Uh, but, but I always think about value being the amount of investment you put in and the amount of reward you get out of it from a human perspective. And, and I totally agree yeah, yeah. No, that that fine. is, that is what we need to process. deliver. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. So value. Yes. Then. So if, if we take application X and roll it out, you know, across a number of sprints in an agile way, mm -hmm. the value we think is about an eight out of 10. Yes. Because after the first sprint, you get value immediately. Yeah. You might not have everything there that you want, but you can already start with a bunch of things. Yep. And then you can add to it after getting feedback from the user. Yep. All right. So um, the value is therefore more specific and more focused. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then you can keep going that way. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So you're delivering it faster and it's more specific to the user needs. Flexible. Yeah. yeah. You get so feedback. So more value. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Higher value. Higher value. Yes. Higher value. All right. So... Value then, waterfall projects? Um, slightly less. So we scored out a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Um, because you first need to think about what you want and then you need to go build it and then after some time, could be a really long time, you actually get the thing. By now, maybe business needs have changed or maybe it didn't deliver what it needs to be Yeah. Um, or there's something else. And you don't get a chance to change it. No. Because of the dependencies that are in place. Yeah, and you need to wait all that time until it's up and delivered. Then again, some applications only work when there's a bunch of uh, specific um, elements in dependencies. place. Dependencies. Yes. Yep. So for some things, you need to use that waterfall method. You need to use it, but you still get the same level of value out of the method. Yes. Because at the end of the day, you know, you've got to spend more time and more money putting into it to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. You can stop at Agile after the first sprint and you've invested in a short amount of time, less resources probably. Yeah. And then you've got what is enough. 
Yeah. So you could say, you know, actually, we're going to stop where we are and just leave this for a year and then come back and maybe update it or change it. Exactly. And that's also where value is. The value might be after the first sprint, actually, this is not what we need. Yes. And then instead of taking nine months to deliver something waterfall method-wise, you might already say, okay, this is not what we need. Let's kick, uh, let's scan it and uh, yep. call it a day. No, I agree. Anyway, the waterfall method. Then we mm-hmm. get the COVID method. I think COVID delivers uh, on value. Out I, of 10. I think it delivers a, a 11 or a 12. 11 out of 10. or a 12. Yes. Explain yourself, sir. Because you just you just turn it on. So you've got zero cost because your work is, I mean, maybe half an hour. Um, and the value is there for everyone because everyone can use it and everyone's happy and everyone's... Mm. And we're assuming that they know what to do uh, because they have no choice. Well, we'll, they... we'll talk about training later. No, no, no. no, but no that, that's not, not where I was going now. with it. I was just going that because of the method... They are self-motivated because they have to do this. And they, and they know themselves they have to do it, which is what COVID yes. is all about. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, true. I yeah, have yeah. to work from home now. You need to I do need that. To yes. I was forced to change. Yes, for the sake of humanity, yes. you now need to learn how to work with teams. See, that's what we need to do with all kinds of projects and change. You know, make it so that the reason for doing it is to save the world. Exactly. So there's a meteor coming on the way to Earth, so we all need to switch to new outlook. Correct. Or Otherwise, we're all we'll going to die. die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. dear. All Use right. loop or poop. <laughs> we could do lots of we things are going to use that as our uh, change. Uh, as our title. Thing. Yes, as our campaign. A loop campaign. or poop. Loop yes. or poop. Nice. <laughs> okay. That was funny. All right. Yeah, I need to make a mental note out of that one. No, okay, I think I'll good. just write it down here. Loop or yeah. poop. Yes, yeah. that's going to be our uh, adoption campaign. So it was grit or shit. That was it, wasn't it? Grit or shit. Loop or poop. Loop or poop. All right. Cool. All right. Good. So that was value. Good. All right. So then another aspect of project management, all kinds of project, is risk. So the risk yes. of a project... Failing. 70% of all projects fail. Change projects fail. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. I heard someone say. Yes, it's a presentation. Uh, yes, it's a podcast as well. It's a podcast yes, as well. Yes, yes. yes. That's true. I think some two very clever boys talked smart about that. Uh, cookies. Smart cookies. Smart cookies. Loop or poop, that. guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, I can see that's going to be a... Yep. I mean, it's gonna yeah, it's going to Sorry, Kev, if you're in the supermarket now and you've just started giggling and people are wondering why you're laughing with your no. headphones on, can't help it. We're don't just f- super funny. Don't forget the toilet paper. No, loop or poop. Yes. Well, we should have toilet paper giveaways. <laughs> yes. Microsoft, here's your new swag. It needs to be toilet paper with a, a built-in loop or poop on every sheet. A task list just <laughs> running through the sheet. Just one long task list. Oh, it has to be the next thing. I mean, they're doing socks and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It has to be toilet paper, yes. loop or poop. All right. Uh, Good. Sorry. Risk. Distraction. Yes. That's unusual on our podcast, isn't it? 
Oh, never do that. No, we always stay right. focused. Okay. Risk then. As I said, different projects will obviously deliver different risks um, at different levels. So mm-hmm. uh, in terms of agile, we always know that risk of getting it wrong is low. Yes, because you're always talking to the business. You're always changing based on those needs. So the risk of not delivering something that has value is pretty low. No, exactly. And you're using, you're using the... Uh, Uh, business as your measurement as your validation so Mm -hmm. you're kind of demonstrating it at the end of sprint to say hey this is what it looks like now this is the bit we've configured so far and this is what it delivers this is where it will go next are you happy bunnies yes or no and and if it if it's not then we'll give you some poop exactly and and if you're happy then we'll move on to the next sprint exactly but also for example for uh, technical risk Yes, knowing that something can even technically be done uh, if we do it in an agile way, then we just test it out and then we kind of pocket. Yeah, and then um, yeah, we see if it works. If it doesn't work, okay, we can it or we do it some Different other way. way. Uh, but it's a low risk. That's yes. true. Waterfall, on the other hand, because we're waiting to get to the end. Yeah, it's medium to high risk. Yeah, we couldn't make our mind up on that, could we? I think it's probably medium risk because I think that you will have some testing lines in your waterfall project that will give you some idea of where you're going, even though it's not a yeah. formal evaluation. Mm-hmm. No, um, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, of course, before you start the project, you would generally do a POC and a test of some kind. Yes. But the risk of things moving on and changing, like Outlook and like new teams, and we'll cover some of those things a little mm-hmm. bit later, then um, there is a high risk that you set your training projects up and when you get to do it, there's new functionality or new changes in place. Yeah, for example, yeah. But also in Waterfall, you've got all these gates that you need to cross to get to the next part of the process. Um, That also um, reduces a little uh, bit of the risk as well. Yep, it does. But there are ways to manage and mitigate the risk. But at the end of the day... Yeah. Uh, you do have some issues around uh, uh, where you go with that. So, mm-hmm. yes, so risk level is in the medium to high. Yeah. The COVID method, which we've now had online for 16 days because it only took us a day to roll it out. Yeah. Uh, if anything's wrong with this, it's wrong. <laughs> it's risk. It's yes. buggered. So yeah. the risk is definitely high mm-hmm. uh, that at the end of the day, um, it's not what people want, but they're forced to use it, which will make them dissatisfied, it will make mm-hmm. frustrated. They'll be constantly complaining, which, to be fair, some people were. You know, when you, in oh, COVID times... They're you, still complaining. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I don't want to work from home. Really? Okay. Um, but yeah, it's not doing what it's supposed to do or, mm. or those kinds of things. I actually walked around today in the office and what? I Did saw... You? I saw was that a miracle? You don't normally do that? No, I saw someone using Slack. Oh, yes. We know we have one or two users. Yeah. I was like, what is this? And why are you using it? Oh, it's Slack because that's how we talk to some of our external people. But we've got teams for that. Yeah. Yeah, but who's in charge here? Oh, we're paying them. So then we need to be the ones to decide what tool we're using. Yeah, I guess, but anyway, well, we've been using this for so long now. So, okay, whatever. So, yo, back to risk. Yes, uh, the COVID method uh, has a high risk factor. Yep, of course um, it does. Yeah. Anything that takes you a day to roll something out is going to have something wrong with it, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yes, but <laughs> then again, um, 
there was a risk. There, there was a, a thing that we needed to do. And because we've done it in that way, we've delivered what it needed to be and we took away the risk of not having the thing. Yeah, the, so, the, risk, the risk of not being able to work at all was higher than the risk of being able to work with MS Teams and MS Teams wasn't as good as you expected it to be. Exactly, yeah. Well, to be fair, Microsoft never built Teams in order to withstand a global epidemic. No, and they but then again, can you remember, <laughs> they had to take off all these services from the SharePoint environment so that teams could run in the large quantities of, of people. I, I, oh. It would perhaps be interesting to get the figures together, but I, th I, think, I think it was kind of 110 million logins per month before COVID, and then it was like 190 within several months of million yeah. logins per month. Yeah. It was, it was quite a significant it, increase. And of yeah. course, the resources are all designed to support the whole of the Microsoft 365 stuff. But they basically had to turn off and slow down things like search indexing and all that yeah. kind of stuff, just so that people could make phone calls to each other and talk and have video calls. I'm just going to type in that stat while you move on to the next subject because I'd just like to... Uh, okay, 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 okay. Um, so uh, after we talked about value and risk, I, the next thing on our list is um, define governance. How much of the governance is there, is written down, is set up, is defined? Um, so... Did yeah, you come I can't up find with it. any no, numbers. It doesn't matter. Okay. So yeah, so the fact that you define governance for each of these applications, mm -hmm. um, basically you try and work out how well it is and, and where you're at. Mm -hmm. So from an agile perspective, you know, the governance is done as you move along. You're you're only doing small iterations. You can write the governance or define the governance ready for the next bit of the sprint. So how many sections of you've got both low, medium and high there in the governance? Yes. <laughs> Choose one and stick with it. But no, 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 I crossed out low. Um, my first idea was that this would be high because we can constantly update it. But then I thought, eh, maybe it's going to be a medium because it's constantly changing. The rules are constantly changing because you're still developing your product. You're still creating your rollout. You still are defining what you want to do. So therefore, it's always changing. So... The counter to that, I think, is that the changes are small. Yes. And they're specific. But that also means that they might not always be written down because they're so small and no. because you move so fast. Well, like well. documentation, most of the time, is like an afterthought. It's like, but in we'll an agile world, afterward. it's just another. User, user story. story in the same sprint. It should be as the user story. As a user, does this kind of user, I want to do this so I can do that. No, is this, as, a, um, as the owner of the Microsoft 365 governance, I want to ensure that it's uh, updated for any changes in this sprint. So the definition of done is that it's obviously changed. And when you, most of the software that you use nowadays if you don't get round to doing that, it says, hey, you're trying to close this sprint, but there's five items that are not being done. So what do you want to do? Uh, I'll move all of them into the next sprint immediately. Or I'll just put them into the backlog, which is what you don't want to do, of course. Yeah. So that um, 
that governance uh, user story, is that one that you always have by default in every sprint? or You could do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we sat there talking today with just the team. as a as a golden nugget type of advice. Exactly. We 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 sat there talking today. We set an epic up to try mm-hmm. and control our governance. We've talked before on how difficult it is to get this stuff together, and different teams need different kinds of processes. Yeah. Um, in a waterfall location, we'll t- come to that in a minute. Um, you've obviously got a line item or two that says, "Hey, define or create the governance documents or yeah. whatever you want to do." In an agile, it's done alongside with it. Mm-hmm. which is it's still in memory, it's still in mind, it's clear what the scope is because I already have the user story as an as a end user using this application, it will do X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. it's actually just copy and paste it in some respects. Um, there might be some other implications. Uh, but uh, So yeah, that's how basically we did it. So today we sat there and said, let's have an epic for our governance documents we need to do. Yep. Uh, and then we'll knock one off every sprint or two off every sprint. So the idea is that we will put those in place. And then we will finally have good governance documents in place. We have good governance documents in place on my projects. Do you have a governance document on your project? I've started a few. There you go. (laughs) But that's the difficult piece, isn't it? Uh, We know that these things, the priorities are always difficult to do. You've got to work really hard to get them done. When you're working on them, when you're focused on them, they're not too difficult and you can move them forward. But it's all about the priorities. We we talked to um, one of our students from South Coast Summit about her governance document. And all of them said the same thing. We're kind of halfway through our governance documents, but there's no active program for actually making the change. Yeah, um, and uh, I think Louisa, yeah, Louisa, mm-hmm. eventually said one of her takeaways was, "I am now going to action that and raise the priority of it." Yeah, and so she was able to do that. And I think as long as we can try, then that's what we're going to do. But in terms yes. of an agile, I think that um, it's easier to do governance documents. So the defined governance is high in agile. I know you went with medium. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right, yeah, it's cool. Cool. Um, when we talk about waterfall, I think that's going to be high because your governance is kind of aligned to your functional analysis. So your requirement setting. Exactly, yeah. I think that there's some value in that. I think that there is uh, the value of a governance document before you start building something, for example, mm-hmm. is important. And because you know what you're going to build, Mm-hmm. i.e. we're going to build all of this from beginning to end, yep. then creating a, do- a governance document is quite possible. Uh, however, if there's pressure on the project to deliver and you've got a two-week slot here to write this governance document, but you could save the governance document, you could save the project by not writing the governance document or you and know, let's doing do it something later, else that needs to be done. It gets forgotten, yeah. which is what tends to happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, yes, but then again, you kind of have that with Agile as well. Like, you oh, I need to get all my it's user stories It's easier to done. write five lines than it is to write 50 lines. That is true. So yes. It's easier to write yeah. five lines 10 times than it is to write then 50 lines. to write 50 pages. So that's why I yeah. think it's a little easier. I sat to watch The Martian over the weekend. Oh, so, I need to rewatch that. Uh, so that's a, yeah, a good movie. This, it is a fabulous film. Matt Damon uh, is probably one of his better movies. Um, but you get to the point where they decide they need to uh, send off the food supply. And so they get to the point and say, okay, look, we need to do this. How long will it take to do that? 25 days. Oh, yeah, but I want it down to, what's the quickest you can do it? Well, 
You can kind of do it in 10 days. So, well, why are you going to do it in 10 days? Well, because we've got 16 days of testing. So the build time is actually 10 days plus 16 days of testing. And so they said, so what if we don't do the testing? You want to send a rocket off without doing the tests and the validation? Can you find a way, another way of actually getting it there in time? And, of course, it fails. But what was interesting was... Uh, you I spoiled don't... the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, too late. Um, but the uh, you know the director says it's on me. I made this call mm-hmm. uh, because so but so now you don't need to worry about it. But but yeah. I need this on this way, and of course it does fail. That's and then at the press tr- conference. They asked him, and so you know he managed to do a nice political answer that talked about you know our focus was to get this thing up and running in. Yes, some corners were short. So that was kind of a COVID way of doing things. Yeah, it was COVID way of yeah, doing things. Yeah. It yeah. kind of failed. We need to do it. We need to do it right now. So let's yeah. do it. And if it blows up, it blows up. And you are right. If it, nobody has seen the, the Martian uh, film, you should do that. Yes. Better still, if you've not read the book, the book is fabulously better than the film. Oh, okay. It really is very, very good. Hmm. It, as an audio book, stick it on in the car when you're driving to work. It's very, very good. I need to start doing audio books. Don't I go think. and write it down on your phone. I saw you looking no, at your no, phone no, to no, make no, yourself no, a note. No. I'm, I'm just looking at it to say, like, remember that I should do that. <laughs> but to be honest, I'm, I'm doing so many podcasts. podcasts. Um, but then again, I'm so I'm in the car. Um, last few weeks. Every day I've been in the car for at least three hours. Yeah. So that's lots of podcasts. They time. relax me and they keep me awake. Yeah. So you must be truly, 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 truly inspired by now. Because I know uh, you yes. listen to aspirational podcasts. Yes, absolutely. Yes, very inspired. Yes. Come on, they, give me an inspiring quote. Um. <laughs> I was listening to uh, one of my uh, one of the podcasts that I like these days, which is called the, "And the Rest Is History." It's two English. Well, they kind of sound like old farts. I don't know if they really are old farts, but they talk about history. And this was an episode about um, James Cook discovering okay. Australia. And they were talking about James Cook being all kind of a yeah, it was like a, a, a like a soft-spoken man, but you know, he was not. Uh, he was not out there. He was not. He was not that flashy, but he was like a proper man, not like Cortez. Cortez, who discovered the Aztecs, he was a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "What?" <laughs> so that was very inspirational, Moraine. I can see why you yes. listened to these. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no. But it's 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 a lot of fun. These. Uh, um, you remember a few weeks ago we talked about fags. Yes, and that fagging. was because yeah. they did an uh, episode about um, the boarding school system that was the inspiration for Harry Potter and so many oh, of the so other um, yeah, yeah. side uh, of rules. Uh, yes, yeah. So these things. things. So they were talking about that boarding school idea and and how that came to be and and how that was made popular and. Things like that. So a lot of good stuff, but also proper proper Englishmen with proper British accents. And I, I it's very nice and relaxed. Cool. Uh, yes. Now, I, I kind of like uh, listening to words rather than music. I love music uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm driving, it keeps me awake more if I'm mentally stimulated with a book. I have to say, after South Coast Summit, we took 
a drive back. Well, we drove there as well. But, we went through the um, we went we, through the back back lots of uh, Hampshire and uh, Southern England. Yeah, it was. Very we cool. saw everything, um, but um, we had amazing rock classics on. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and that also inspired me a lot. Yeah. No, I agree. And it was the same when we did LA and we did the Death Valley thing. We had that rock yes. music running. Yes. Uh, and then we went through the desert and the Top Gun plane came across and flew above our heads. Yes. It's just perfect. Rock music playing and then this, I don't know, This fighter jet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, wicked. Yeah. That was such a good trip. Yes. Yeah, we did. We had a, it was an interesting road trip. Yeah, we, we went, we ignored motorways all the way along the small roads of England. We ignored ways. <laughs> Ways kept telling us to go on this road, and we kept yep. saying, no, no, we look, we can see this little road on the map, and we, we enjoyed it. We knew which road we wanted yep, to take. Yeah, we did, yeah. Yes, and Ways and said, no, don't take that road, and we said, yes, yes, we will. And we did, and we got to this point where all of a sudden it came to a complete standstill, Yep. and then we decided to look how far away, and it was blocked for the next 15 miles or something. Uh, yes. So, so we did a U-turn. Uh-huh. <laughs> That was funny. Oh, well. Yeah, one of those cases. No, I'm just ignoring <sighs> you, ways. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You see, it's always you sound. All right. So anyway, yeah, so governance then uh, for COVID is, of course, low. Uh, yes. Because it doesn't exist. You're basically no, we, just going to set this thing up and throw it over the wall. Exactly. No we set it up anything. and we say to everyone, it's up and it's default. done. Yes. Defaults may be a better way. Governance is default because everything is just set on default. You might do one or two little switches, but everything else is just there. Mm, that's interesting, but that kind of makes it right. You mean Microsoft has it right with their default governance? Hmm. Well, we know it works. What a surprise. So it, why are we spending all that money on doing governance projects? Because... Security people don't tr trust Microsoft's default. It's true. And also because our company, we're special. Yes. We do things Everybody very different way. We're not just talking about our company at the moment. We're talking about every, your generic every company. Every company that I come yeah. across is, no, 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 we no, no, no. We do no, things no. different. We are different. We don't do things in the normal way. We have a better way. All right. So... Uh, just to recap then, so Agile Waterfall and COVID methods, project management methods, we've talked about uh, risk, which is on a number out of 10. Uh, yeah. We've talked about, sorry, value. value. Yes. We've talked about risk in terms of low, medium, high. We've talked about governance, about how, whether you get high levels of governance or low mm -hmm. level of governance. And now we're going to talk about training. Yes. And we're going to take a good old-fashioned Agile estimate way here. We're going to use T-shirt sizing. Yes, good yes so t-shirt sizing if you don't know this basically gives you the opportunity to say a very rough this is how much work it's going to take to do something mm -hmm. all yep. right so that's basically what happens so a t-shirt size that's xxxxl is a lot of work yeah all right you can get a lot of body in a t-shirt that's xxxxl you might get multiple bodies that or you might before. get big balloons or what was the Bobbies. thing that we talked about yeah, in the balloons. beginning yeah, yeah, yeah big the, balloons the, yes uh, 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 airships yes airships. all right cool so from an agile perspective uh training is quite small um yes because every sprint you just need to deliver a little bit of training yeah but then again every sprint you probably 
want to do at least some communication or some training because you're delivering yeah. new things, things have changed. So it's small, but you need to repeat it a lot of times. It's more like underwear or socks. <laughs> it's not that big, but you need to change it every day. Okay, I like. I like. You knew you were going to come up with an answer on that. Yeah, you? You've been thinking about that for yes. half an hour or so. Yes. Okay, that's cool. Um, just checking that we're all doing well. Yeah, that's all good. Right. Neat, neat, good. neat. Uh, okay, and the waterfall method, uh, we decided it's a large T-shirt. Uh, yes, because it's all going to be there all at once, everything all at once. Um, so here's the other question then. Um, no, you're right. You're going to do agile training lots of times because you're going to have to do repeat it with different people. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Even though it will be more efficient because you're not teaching them as much. So they have less to forget in each training session. That's also true. Because you can reiterate training. Yeah. yeah. Easier also to do video training if it's in small iterations. Uh, no, because if after sprint four, I am now involved in this project, do I want to see training video number one, two, three, and four? Yeah, but I've already seen one, two, and three. Why? Because I love maybe I'm the new dude that is now doing whatever in this project. Then so it doesn't matter. Then they've always got a lot more catch up to do. Everybody will have more catch up to do. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But then I will look at video number one from sprint one. Of course. And I will see how things are. And then now in sprint four, things might be completely different. Yeah, they will be. But you'll know the differences. But you're right, mate. Who but, knows? Yeah, yeah. It's small. We're not yes. changing that no. anyway. Okay. And waterfall is large because we'd have to do all the training in one go for everybody. Exactly. So, so. waterfall is the full suit with the pants and the, <laughs> the 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 jacket and the how do you call that? The waistcoat. Waistcoat. Exactly. All right. So it's yes. a three piece suit. Yes. And COVID. COVID. That's like the the little Brazilian tongue that the ladies <laughs> are wearing on the uh, on the beach mankini. of Ipanema. The mankini. The yes. mankini. Yes. yes. The extra it's, small T-shirt. Yes. It's next to non-existent. <laughs> and it shocks you when you see it. Uh, this yes. is teams. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so training is, is difficult. How much training you actually need, um, I think, uh, you know, from an agile perspective, it's small but regular. It's uh, the bare like, necessities. Just like loop the poop again. It's yep. small but regular. Yep. Um, and then uh, waterfall is uh, a large amount of training to be done um, all at once, uh, which is a lot of effort. And then COVID, of course, is no training at all, really, or extra small. Uh, yeah. Because uh, there you need to the kind of... The bare necessities. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Agile waterfall and COVID methods of project management mm -hmm. uh, compared and done. Overall, which one do you prefer? COVID. I, just I, I, love, I love COVID <laughs> because it's like zero to no work and it now, just, just delivers so much work. You get uh, paid based upon the amount of time and oh yes yes sorry done. i meant waterfall and taking a very <laughs> chill and relaxed no 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 um i i always like agile because you're just involving the business to deliver what they need and uh yeah it's just easier cool you're making oh, people happy yes 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 all right so let's take a, a little sideways move um so um, and we need to be quick because we've taken a tremendous amount of time getting to where we're at. We're 50 minutes uh, in. Oh, okay. So should we then 
call it a quits and get our uh, Vescu number five. Oh, you mean the odd bag. Galileo, Galileo. Galileo Figaro. Yeah, I think we'll get onto that in a minute or two. Okay. And then I think what we'll do is we will finish off by looking at the new Outlook, new teams, loop, some of the apps, some of the document management collaboration stuff, and just very quickly tab whether we think Agile is best for it, Waterfall is best, or COVID is best for it. Just tab, yes. Yeah, we'll just tap onto it. And then yeah, if we yeah. think it's come out well, and if people say to us, actually, that was really interesting, then maybe we'll turn that into a full podcast. All right. So who's going to pour the whiskey? I will do that. All right. So um, this was Vescu's birthday for his 50 years, and he presented Moraine with uh, a sample samples of all of the whiskey that he tasted for his 50th birthday and this one is rather an interesting one we like Ardbeg well we like all the Ardbegs except one which is the the wee beastie is it okay the wee beastie that's right it is Uh, we didn't particularly like that one Uh, traditionally Ardbeg is a petered whiskey this is no different it is a petered whiskey Um, but this one's actually finished in a Marcella uh, ex-bourbon and ex-wine cask I am dropping your kit Moraine is just killing my headphones here but that's okay it's not your fault for real just drop them on the top here mate you're good um, and um, uh, this is finished in a, an ex-wine cask or it's actually a masala wine cask yes. which is quite sweet Marsala we, being a Sicilian wine uh, very sweet sherryish. yeah very close to sherry you yeah. can get it in wine and in white and red and, and you will find lots of whiskies finished in a masala cask and in fact as soon as we finish this one before Moraine goes home when we're relaxing He's going to taste a Deanston's from a masala cask as well. That's true. I'm going to, I'm going to dig that bottle out, and oh, uh, we haven't done yes. that one yet. So yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah. a little taste. I think cool. we might have done it actually, but if not, it's a reminder. Uh, All right, uh-huh. good. All and right. we should not forget actually from my Deanston's trip over the summer. I've got three unique barrels, bottles, bottles. Yes, but that I, we that are going to barrels. taste. Actually, yes, in ESPC. There will be a process for you to join us for a whiskey tasting at the end of the first two days. And there is some, I don't know want to tell people, but there's three bottles of whiskey that we are going to be tasting. And the last whiskey is a distillery only edition. Yeah. Uh, and we'll go into that in more detail a bit later. But Ooh. that is an incredibly finished uh, yeah. uh, sign. And again, that will be interesting and different. This one is uh, from the Ardbeg distillery. So it's the same parts per million, about 40-ish 40, parts 50, per yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's, uh, yeah, from the notes that I've read, apparently the smoke is nicely hidden behind that smoothness and sweetness from the Marcella cask. Okay. So that's what we're about to find. So here's what you're supposed to get on the nose. Fresh, tropical, with hints of soft smoke, fruity, with a nice wine resemblance. How does that smell, my friend? I've I do indeed have uh, lots of sweet wine. You do. I also get some pineapple on this. Yeah, this says talking so about that. So tropical fruit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, the the peatiness is there as well. You immediately smell this, and you know that this is an Ardbeg. This cannot be anything else than an Ardbeg. It's got that typical Ardbeg barbecue. Uh, I don't yes. know. I get sweetness and fruit, and and it is there, but it's not big barbecue. 
No, no, no. It's not big, bar- big barbecue, okay, but it's it's like if I would tell you that this was a Lafroig, oh, okay, you would not- you would not believe me. If I would tell you this was uh, like a Vullen or a Lecce, no, no. This is like you smell this and you know that this is Norbeck. Really, I do. But yeah. You like this whiskey? You're. A fan I love Arbeck whiskey, but mm. very, very sweet. It is very On sweet. The nose. I'm a little yeah. bit wondering what it's going to taste like. Oh, okay. Then we should find out. And his eyes speak. It is definitely an Ardbeg. <laughs> it is definitely an Ardbeg. So that means lots of peat. Lots of peat. And I'm going to kill it in a little minute because... Oh, yes. Oh, it's lovely. That's an interesting oh, combination, wow. isn't it? Smoke and fruit in big flavors. I There's actually, the pineapple. Oh, we've got the pineapple. Very nice. The pineapple? <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> yes. The pineapple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The reason I, I said pineapple, I was just looking at the taste chart as I was saying it. Uh-huh. And it says creamy fudge and pineapple. And it does have that it's, kind of hint of yes. pineapple and cream rather than just the straight kind of pineapple fruitiness. But I love that smokiness is that kind of hits you on that first taste on the palate. Yeah. You know what this kind of reminds me of? The teeling black pits. And that is something I will bring next time for us to just taste because we tasted this at the podcast before, did, yeah. uh, which is also uh, a peated... Whiskey uh, finished in a wine cask, and it it re- this reminds me of that. Actually, I've just changed my mind about what we're going to drink when we finish. Okay, I have a teeling finished in a Duval beer cask. I haven't got the bottle. I have the uh, the, the taster. taster. Okay, but, but this, let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this, this, this is, is the Ardbeg freaking amazing. Yes. It's a great name for it, actually. Yes. Because it's a cosmic journey. It is a cosmic journey. Yes, what do I they read call that. It? They call it a layer cake, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong, actually. You know, no. they're, they're basically the article we read talked about the layers of tastes in here. And you're right, from that pineapple nose at the beginning through to the sort of fruit to and the smokiness smoky, on the and then yeah, it, the, the smokiness dies down, yeah. but you still get that that tasty, creamy, yeah, fruity aftertaste. I might have to buy a bottle of this. You know what the biggest problem with this is? Yes. They are ridiculously expensive. Are they really? They are. Wow. I oh, I, I doubt right. I doubt that you can find a bottle under 400 euros. Seriously? And you said they made 50,000 bottles. They, this is a limited edition of 50,000 bottles. <laughs> and you know what the biggest problem with this is? Um I don't know. Is that there are so many people using this as an investment and buying the whiskey and letting it sit in a box somewhere? Until they think it's time to sell this. Wow. Wow. So, Masters of Malt mm-hmm. uh, are £399 for a bottle. Okay. Uh, do I find a Euro one? Whiskey Forever is €365 Euros from Germany. All right. You know okay. something? It's not worth that. No. If it's this good. Was, if this was 150 I would say yes. Yes. 
400. Compare that to the 18-year-old Ledeg. Yes. Which would you buy? Which would you taste? Not buy because... To be honest, this one. Really? I like this one even more than the 18-year-old Legend. Yes. Nah, the other way around. Okay. All right, something else we're going to have to taste. You're going to have to get somebody to drive you home tonight. <laughs> no, 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 we're joking. No. All right, so mm. um, that was interesting. I, I really no pun and my man. Happy birthday, my friend. Oh, that was, uh, this... Very, very yes. good. Your you friend, because it was his friend that set this up, wasn't it, for him? No, he set it up because oh, he's he a, wig, a big whiskey lover. He is, yeah, yeah. And he set this up for a bunch of friends. They had a wonderful night tasting, I think, 12 whiskeys. Wow. And wonderful. because I was coming for Collab Days Helsinki, he said, I'm going to get you a set of tasters of this because you need to taste this. This was lovely. And he was not wrong. No, he's not. I won't argue with that. No, uh, no I won't argue with that. That was very, very nice. And it's been sitting on my shelf there. I yeah. kind of could have just drank that and pretended that it wasn't there. It but probably uh, just, just put something else in it. We'd have forgot about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was interesting. <sighs> very, wow. very cool. Yes. All right. Good. So, um, so there you go. If you fancy that, uh, it is... Yeah, a nice drink. A nice drink. Oh, but yes. Personally, I think I'd rather still hit the 18-year-old. Uh, mm. For me, this, this is one of the... This is smooth. This is a very smooth Arbeck. Yeah. And that's why I love it. Because I've got the Ugdal. Um, that is a nice which drink. Is, that, that's like a proper barbecue. This boom. is like we... Yeah. The, the Mongolians have arrived and they just set the whole village on fire. <laughs> That's that kind of vibe I get. But this is, this is refined, smooth. Refined Ardbeg. Yes. I guess so. It still blows your I socks so. off with the peatiness, but in a refined way. Yeah, I can go with that. Yes. I can go with okay. that. Okay. All right. Good. So let's take a quick finish on this. So yes. Agile Waterfall and COVID, we've described what each of them does and the value that they bring. Yeah. And the risks associated with them, everything else. So so which would you use to roll out new outlook with? Um, new outlook, I think I would go with uh Agile. Okay. Because there's a bunch of things that work in a very different way as they used to work. Like, for example, you need to be online. Um, we've got some issues with shared mailboxes. You can't just drag emails to wherever. Um, there's a thing with favorites as well. There's a, a bunch of issues. There's still some things that need to be taught and trained. So exactly. So Continual Microsoft, training and continual iterations of new features. Exactly. So Microsoft is actually bringing this out in an agile way. They Every are, yes. week... I get a oh, there's an update on my Outlook, so you need to restart. Well, what what I what I really liked about it, um, there used to be there is a the how do I start off with this conversation? So, adding an attachment to an email mm-hmm. was a particular way of doing something, and yes. they've changed it. They improved it this yes. last week, and it's so much better than the way it used to be. So before you would drag it across and you would get a, a drop-down menu or whatever you choose and you'd upload it. Mm-hmm. Now your email divides into two different parts and you just drag it to the part that you yes. want to drag it to, whether you want to put a link in or whether you yes. want to put a... And do, so do, you, do you want my figure from zero, from 1 to 10 to how much I like it? 
Um, 73? No, it's a minus five. I fucking hate it because I already... So I had to do my invoices and I was sending, I was dragging these uh, files into my email and I just let them go and every time it was uploading, uh, uh, creating a link. I was like, no! And you couldn't stop it. No, but in the end, it actually gives you a little pop-up on the bottom saying, do you want to attach this instead? So I, I could just click it. Yeah, but it gives you the get-out-of-jail-free card, which is nice. Anyway, yes, but I, I we do, said we'd do this quickly. I love the so feature, let's do this yes. Quickly. So, so new Outlook, agile. agile, yes. Okay, would I change that? Or would I go anything different? I'm not sure whether I'd throw it over the wall. I'm not sure I'd, I wouldn't do COVID. And the reason I'm saying this is because something you said before we started today, it's just Outlook, just does emails, you know. But you're right. I think it does it in such a different way. You'd need I, some training. I think because Outlook is such an important way of how we yeah, work. I know, sadly I enough. I think it needs more process around it. All right, new teams. Then again, new teams for me, COVID. Just turn on the switch where people can say, I want to try the new outlook uh, the new teams or i don't want to try the new teams just turn that on forget about it don't even mention it to people and people will see oh i've got a new button try the new teams and some people will say you know what i will i will try the new teams and well, other so people will say i don't really want to or i don't care but there are some things that can add value to people True. So, you know, like being able to have multiple calls, like yes. being able to have the, the windows are popping out, Yes. like being able to. Oh, I also identified in Outlook today uh, that there is a way you can set the default now. So when you open an email, it pops into a new window. You don't have yes. it opening in the panel, but that I, it kind yep. of reminded me I could do that. But, yep. but new teams, but both new Outlook and new teams have got new features constantly being added and they will be doing that on a regular basis. So, True. But I do get. The idea that the launch with minimal training by just telling them they can click the button. But you know, how many people would click the button without wanting to know what's going to happen? I would. You and I both would because yes. we're adventurous and yes. we know that if we screw yes. up, we can get out of it. Yes. But your end users? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't care. No. If you don't want no. to, you don't want to. Exactly. What happens when Microsoft insists then and one day they come in and find that they're now in new teams whether they like it or not? Now you need to opt out instead of opt in. Um, anyway, but I get it. I do understand yeah. the logic, yeah. certainly. Yeah. So, fair do. But it's the same thing that we did with proper teams when we rolled it out in COVID time. We just turned it on yeah. and then after a few weeks when the biggest clouds were of dust were disappearing, we would be thinking about governance and training and whatever yeah, yeah. so i would do the same here just turn it on give it to them let them play with it for let a while them play with it and if then they when, want to. when microsoft start to say hey we're gonna stop you turning it off and all that kind of stuff then, then you we will the do training and risk yeah, and like features and like whatever that. yes all right look we're running out of time so yes. let's just choose one of the others so we've got a couple there loop office apps document management or collab I'm suggesting collaboration. So Good. Yes. Collaboration. So collaboration means considering your OneDrive, SharePoint, Teams. Working you know, together. That kind of stuff. Yeah, working yeah. together. So to actually develop, to actually roll that out in terms of adoption and change, Agile, Waterfall, or COVID? Um, if you say COVID, I know you're lying. Agile. I would do Agile. 
Yeah, I think so too. Learning something new every sprint, doing a little yes, bit. Yes, just highlighting yeah. new features, I yeah. think. No, I think that would make sense yeah. to me, all the, the best values. If, if we're using uh, Teams or SharePoint for collaboration, I mean, all the features are there. We yeah. just need to do training. We just need to tell people what the options are. Yeah, and, and it might be that you can enable new features that aren't there before. So, for yeah. example, you can say, hey, we've now defaulted um, so that your documents are going to pop out of Teams into a new pop-up window, for example. Yeah, uh, or this before they metadata be, or yeah. this workflow, yeah. whatever. Yeah. No, I get it. No, yeah. that's a fine. And, and how to share with people the new sharing method. Um, exactly. Yeah. Maybe some rollout, some enterprise sharing, that kind of stuff. True. All right, cool. Well, that actually turned out to be way better than I thought it was going to be. That was pretty Same. neat. <laughs> yeah, we were a bit unsure to start off with. We thought we just happened to like agile, waterfall, COVID and loop the poop. Yeah. And so we just had those things in mind or th certainly the first three. And I thought, yeah, this would be a good kind of podcast. Yeah. And it turned out to be the case. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. I enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. All right. So it is that time again. We are here at uh, 108 minutes. Well, actually, you know, 68 minutes. Uh, on this podcast number 124. That means that next episode is 125. 125. Where we might unravel... What? Something. We'll find something. Yes. There's a, a little uh, announcement that we need to make. Okay. You obviously yeah. know what it is. Yes. That's okay then. You right. do too, but you I clearly forgot. forgot. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. It's just a minor thing. Minor thing. Minor thing. Minor thing. Nobody's All right. Anyway, listen notice. in then on episode 125 for something new and great. Uh, and uh, this is Steve Dolby, Sci Steve on Twitter and basically everywhere on Google saying goodbye. And uh, thanks for listening. And we hope you've enjoyed this just as much as all the other ones we recorded for you. And if you have a bottle of Artbeg Galileo lying at home, open it up, send me a sample. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>